Welcome to the Bible Preacher, where we talk about the Bible and make a playlist. Sometimes in that order. Uh, I am Matt Cato, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles, California. And I'm Zach Ferris. I'm the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado Boulder. Zach, it's freezing here in Los Angeles. My I saw office. that we had the same weather <laughs> yesterday. We were both at 53. Wow. I was shirtless sunbathing. <laughs> <laughs> we were freezing. It's like a wet 53 here. Mm, wet 53. <laughs> it's, a, it's a wet cold. <laughs> like, mm. a, like a dry heat. This That's is a hard. wet cold. Yeah, no, wet, I believe in wet colds. Wet colds are, are, are colder. I don't know if you watch the local news, Matt, but um, a thing that nobody in our listenership will care about is we recently sent you one of our weather people. Uh, Belen de Leon uh, is now in L.A. So uh, I think on NBC. Uh, so maybe I can talk to my good friend Belen and see if she can describe the weather for you on TV as a wet cold. That'd be good. She wrote this ridiculous song when the Broncos were in the Super Bowl that she performed on air a few too many times with a guitar <laughs> uh, about about Bronco, Broncos pride. And that was the chorus. Broncos pride. Broncos pride. Have you got Broncos pride? So hopefully, maybe we can get Belen on the podcast as an interview. A songwriter. Wow. Well, I, you know, I also have uh, meteorologist connections. Uh, Valpo. Valpo was quite the meteorology school. In fact, at our, our commencement address uh, was given by uh, the WGN weatherman. Oh. What was uh, Tom Skilling? Tom Skilling. That's I know who, my weather people. Yeah, that's that's who gave the commencement address at my college graduation. Tom, Tom Skilling. My brother thought he was really waiting for him to say forecast for your future. <laughs> right, <laughs> but he did not. He said it was a wet cold. Wet cold. It's a wet cold. But, but we also went to school uh, with with the uh, TV star Ginger Z, mm. who now I believe is on, uh, she started at like, in like Chicago. She was, she was like our classmate yeah. at Belpo. And then, uh, and then was a Chicago weather person. And then I think, I don't know what she's on. Is she like national NBC? I don't know. She went national. Yeah, she's a big she ended up now. on one of the morning shows last yeah. I heard. Cause she was in Chicago when we were in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I was very disappointed to learn her last name is not Z. It's not Z. It's a stage name. Why don't we have stage pastor names? I mean, oh, I like it. <laughs> Lots of religions do the taking a new name kind of thing. Why not us? <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. Well, Matt, that has nothing to do with the text. Um, <laughs> literally, we. Literally nothing. Some folks might wonder if we plan the things we talk about. Uh, getting into weather people is not on the outline for today. Uh, we don't have an outline anymore. We started with an outline. Uh, what's happening in your. Uh, we're coming to you live, live to tape from the middle of Lent. What's happening in uh, St. Mark's, LA? It's a wet, cold. Uh, are you huddled up inside soup suppers? What's happening? Yeah, man, it's crazy how um, it's kind of a it's kind of a split length this year. It feels like because um, we split just soup. Like, yeah, split split pea soup, which you can get uh, going up the coast somewhere uh, in Southern California. I can't remember. They have all these outside of slow. Yeah, yeah, best split pea soup. San Luis Obispo. I've never stopped for it, but. I love those billboards, though. They're nice. They're, it's the wall drug of, of the Southern California road trip. <laughs> so what's happening? Yeah, so we just finished Black History Month, and we kind of went hard with that. So it kind of feels like a like a this is like a Lenten reset uh, here in the middle of Lent. 
Uh, and Holy Week is getting closer. It's it's one of those, man. I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready, Zach. Mm. For the insanity. I know. That is. Are you gonna Are you gonna fly out to LA for 24 hours this year, or you not? You don't do that every year. No, I'll be flying to Seattle this year. <laughs> oh, for Holden. Yeah, we'll be in Holden Village for Holy Week. Um, so that's starting to become more real and in focus. Um, yeah, we've kind of hit a nice little last night at our like weekly community meal and conversation that we call Bread and Belonging. Uh, we played host to the Student Association of the of the LDS, the Mormon Student Association, for a conversation, which was really fascinating and interesting and uh, a fun challenge in ecumenical and or interfaith uh, conversations. They didn't drink any of my coffee, so that was good. <laughs> That's good. What? Um, so it was a good conversation. Yeah, yeah. We we did. Here's like so. Here's my, my my personal philosophy on how to do interfaith ecumenical conversations. The thing people want to talk about oftentimes are like factual things, like what do Lutherans think about this, or what do Episcopalians think about that, or what does the Mormon Church say about what happens when we die. And those are important questions, but I don't think they're the most helpful questions. Uh, so instead, what I try to do is ask folks to talk about what the experience is like being a person with that religious identity. Because then you're going to get to the parts of doctrine that really matter to people, that shape their lives, and then you can talk about that stuff. Otherwise, it's like reading two Wikipedia articles to each other, and it doesn't it doesn't hit. Um, the best part we got to, and, and I've struggled with how to describe the conversation is it ecumenical or interfaith i don't know it's still my answer because um, they uh our guests uh strongly describe themselves as christian uh and lift that up as a, a connection point between us and at the same time one of the best questions was uh we got to the part about what happens when you die in the lds church and uh baptism is a central part of of Mormon thinking uh, and necessary for life and salvation. And one of my students asked if that meant if her baptism counted, which became this intensely personal thing, right? Uh, and it, it doesn't count in the LDS. What? Yeah, no, you would have to get rebaptized. But I, th I believe, to be fair, that if you went from Mormonism to the ELCA, you would need to be baptized. Um, Interesting. I think I know with like Roman Catholics and Episcopalians, you would. Um, I wonder what the right looks like. I mean, is it is it Trinitarian right? Have you? Uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Um, I mean, I, I've, I, growing up in the South, like uh, gay people, we did not have Mormons when I was in high school. But most of the, a lot of people from my high school have not converted to Mormonism in adulthood. As in, like it turns out later in life, tons of people I went to high school with are gay. Um, <laughs> so I'm starting with like nothing. Our our friend, colleague, and listener yeah. of the pod, Scott the Lacker, uh, is. Uh, just a great oh, ex yeah. expert at this stuff and is really helpful. And I look forward to picking his brain next week. He better be there. I don't know if he's going to be there, but he better. Yeah, were we? Were you in Salt Lake City with me? I can't remember. Uh, I don't think I was at the first call thing. We had a synod assembly in Salt Lake. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Did you guys do the whole tour of the... I didn't. I forgot what I was doing. I think I was being moody and upset. And... <laughs> 
my tour, I meant, did you go see the, where the jazz play? Because they yes, have the of Carl Malone and John Stockton. I was very excited about that. That's the Actually, thing it is, they like renamed the street, so it's at the corner of Stockton and Malone, which I just oh, think is Oh, my great. gosh. <laughs> I, I loved Carl Malone, by the way. <laughs> the mailman? <laughs> One of my friends has recently started working for the Postal Service, and I really want to nickname <laughs> Carl Malone. In the end, just so to put a, yes. a little bit of a button on that kind of interfaith ecumenical excursus, which actually may be some tie-in here, is that I think the goal, right, what I hope for students is that you end up with a healthy relationship with with, uh, with folks built on respect of their religious identity. Um, and I think that comes more through hearing about their personal experience and sharing your personal experience than it does with becoming religiously literate about the intricacies of the Mormon afterlife. Cool. So you are you are an interfaith expert. I have expert. no idea. Expert or ecumenic. I don't know what to call a conversation with Mormons. I won't go on record as saying anything. Um, <laughs> this is your lukewarm preaching podcast. We keep you the takes. <laughs> PC and toe the line. Well, uh, should we dive into these insane texts? Let's dive into that lukewarm water. Lukewarm. Tepidly. Water. It's fiery water this time. Uh, okay, pause for sound effect. Time for the texts. Can we get some hats that say T4T, like the TMT <gasps> money uh, team hats? Yes. <laughs> Except our hats will, you can buy our hats and they'll have a little less to do with supporting a fabulously wealthy abuser of, of, of women. Right, right, exactly. Um, so. Unrepentant abuser of women. <laughs> So our first reading comes to us from the book of Numbers. Uh, you might think Which one? that Numbers is just a list of numbers, but uh, some good stories. Some good stories of Numbers. The Israelites, they're in the wilderness, and they're doing their thing where they start complaining. They're getting, they're getting nostalgic for Egypt. Who doesn't? It was lovely there. Oh, man, they do this over and over again. My my Bible says, uh, the notes say this is the last time that they do it. And uh, disagree. I, I guess I guess that's because God really uh, used an interesting disciplinarian method this time. It says, the Lord sent poisonous serpents among the people. I thought this was interesting. Uh, that actually literally translates as fiery snakes. Ooh, fiery <laughs> snakes. Nice? Yeah. <laughs> fiery snakes among the people they bit the people so that many Israelites died uh, so the people came to Moses and said um, our bad can you please can you please take these serpents away do you think they called Moses Mo for like shorthand because that's what I think that just occurred to me could we start that like posthumously give Moses a nickname and call him Mo Big Mo yeah yeah I think we could do it I think we could do that Let's uh let's start it. On it. So uh so Mo Mo <laughs> prays for the people. And uh and Yahweh says to Mo, uh this is an interesting strategy the Lord takes. You think I mean it's just it's an interesting interesting strategy. And God says, make a poisonous serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten shall look at it and live. So Moses made a serpent out of bronze. Apparently they have a lot of bronze uh, that they're carrying with them through the wilderness. Very important survival materials. And put it on a pole. And whenever a serpent bit someone, that person would look at the serpent of bronze and live. So Moses, Moses does little arts and crafts here. And uh, this is a little craft project. And that apparently saves the people 
from the poison. Zach, what? I, I mean, I would have thought this would be like, um, it's one of those crazy Bible stories. It's probably like a deep cut that you're not going to pull out as one of the hit singles. And yet here it is on the fourth Sunday in Lent, right? Probably our most prime important time. Christian season. Prime sweeps. time. Right? Sweeps. Liturgical sweeps. And this is the episode that you mm. lifted up, Lectionary Makers? Why? What is going on? What, what do we do with this text? Most snakes, mo problems. Um. <laughs> You're welcome, listeners. You're welcome. Good. I had to hold that throughout whatever Matt said. I have no idea what he said because I was just holding that inside of me. The lecture. I mean, maybe maybe Matt. This is the year. Year B is the year of making fun of the lectionary makers and criticizing them. Because we're, we're hearing this number of stories about the snake, just to pair it with the Gospel of John, uh, which is John 3, 13 to 22, 14 yeah. to 21. There we go. Um, which, of course, is going to ring a lot of bells because it hits one of the very famous Bible verses, John three sixteen. go to a football game. Oh, I don't think that happens that much anymore, still. Why don't they just lift up, instead of lifting up John three sixteen? Mm-hmm. why don't they just lift up a serpent? I mean, come on. I I like it, Matt. And there's a squirrel that I'm not going to... Ch- Last night, the Denver Nuggets were playing the Los Angeles Clippers on TV. Uh, and I got to watch solo, but I was watching, I was following on Twitter because NBA Twitter is really good. Uh, and you know how behind the goal, the basketball goal, that's what it's called. They uh, The fans, they give out like the, the balloons, like the... That you would use as a balloon. <laughs> yes. Yep. What do you call the people who make things out of balloons? What's the balloon the, makers. Balloon maker. You know, they twist them into things and hats and stuff, yeah. right? Long, I used to do that when I was a kid. I had one. I what? had a little book and every, I had the book. I had oh a little like. Yeah. I was I was as a child very frightened of balloons, which might tie <laughs> into this. I'm also scared of snakes. I have a good snake story for later. Uh, so they give them to fans and they like wave them in the background and they flip around, right? Uh, well, last night at the Nuggets game, the fans started tying them together. Uh, and they created this monstrosity, like this giant centipede snake thing. Uh, and I got a little pissed because security took it away. Um, but it covered like this section, this giant snake. So they kind of did it uh, at the Nuggets game last night, man. Um, <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, I got a couple qualms here with the, with the, the lectionary makers. One of them is the Nicodemus story can stand on its own. It's really good. And I think that context is important for understanding the story. Uh, of course, you're going to hear the part about God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever should believe into him might have eternal life. But you're missing the context that it's Nicodemus, a leader of the religious authorities, coming to Jesus under the cover of night. Uh, and when you preach a sermon on that in preaching lab, the Reverend Dr. Bishop Craig Satterley chews you out when you do a really bad job at it. Was that yours? That was mine. This was my... Oh. Um, but it wasn't this. It was the actual Nicodemus Demus yeah. text. Um, but we miss that. You don't hear about Nicodemus at all. Because um, yeah, there's some important right. stuff he says to Nicodemus before we get to the snakes. Um, oh, and then all the darkness and light, that really helps mm-hmm. that make sense. Okay. Yeah, right? Yeah, it starts with 14. Eventually, I'm going to lift up verse 3 and verse 13, but not yet. But it starts in verse 14, uh, where he says that the Son of Man, yeah, must be lifted up in the same way that Moses lifted the serpent in the wilderness, which, if you just were to lead with that and did not talk about that story at all, would be pretty out there. So we got a deep cut and do a reference. Uh, Basically, the Old Testament this week is a footnote to the Gospel. Yeah, but it seems, I mean, it's an interesting... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because here's... (laughs) I mean, mean, it's a footnote, but to me, like, it, it, it raises all these questions. Like, why... 
So this is the hit single for God so loved the world that Jesus gave his only son. Everyone believes in me. I pray for eternal life. Okay, we all know that one. And yet I always forget that the song right before that on the album <laughs> is Serpent in the Wilderness getting lifted up, right? One of the weirdest songs weird. on the album. But that's what leads into this. So like if you take this in context, so like so that so must the son of man be lifted up so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. So does that mean that Jesus is Jesus the serpent in this in this yeah. analogy? Yeah. Jesus is the serpent. And if we look at Jesus, then we're saved from the what? I'm, See, I'm the metaphor is lo- I'm, I'm losing, you're the metaphor. losing the metaphor. Here you go, Matt. What's, what's going on? Um, if you remember back, if you read ahead at the beginning of John three, um, the conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus uh, is about being born again. And Jesus tells Nicodemus, very truly, I tell you, no one can sing the kingdom of God without being born from above. And then Nicodemus is like, well, how can someone be born twice? I've already been born. I can't be born again. And Jesus goes on and stuff. And eventually, uh, the verse right before this, 13, Jesus says, No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven. Uh, So what I want to lift up is the directional stuff that's going on here. Uh, We've got up, down, down, up, up, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, B, B. Um, (laughs) Jesus is the snake that is lifted up here to be a part of this new thing, uh, this life that, that God is bringing into the world, you must be born from above, is what Jesus tells Nicodemus. You must be like the one who is lifted up. You must be like the serpent. You must be like Jesus. Perhaps what is most important about the serpent is not necessarily, I think biblically we think about serpent and we go immediately to Adam and Eve. Serpents are bad. But I think what's important about lifting up the serpent is the serpent has no legs. There is rich irony uh, in saying that your salvation will come from above, where you will find the the lowest of all animals, uh, very literally the lowest of all animals. Perhaps we might think that what means for Jesus to be lifted up is to be lifted above the problems, cares, concerns, the troubles of this world. But in John, Jesus is going to be lifted up by being just run into the ground. Uh, to the lowest part of humanity. He'll be lifted up on the cross, uh, despised the same way a serpent, a snake is. Um, And so if you want to be part of this thing that God is doing, that that God is redeeming, that God is saving, then be born from above. But it's not the be born from above that we think. uh, It's the be born... Uh, it's that rich irony to be born from above is to to cut your legs off. <laughs> to cut your legs off. To cut your legs off. I like that the lowest of all animals. Ooh, that is that is rich. That uh, that'll preach. That'll preach. I think there's. I I'm also interested a little bit in the, and I think this ties in. But in the in the number story, the people have to look on the serpent. Right. They have to see. The serpent, they have to see the thing mm-hmm. that bit them. They have to see the poisonous, the, the thing that bit them, the thing that is hurting them. And Jesus, as this text goes on, talks about exposing um, things that were hidden. Um, and there's something to do with sight there too, right? To be able to see um, that which we'd rather keep hidden. To be able to see those things that are low that we'd rather um, not look at, that we'd rather not attend to, right? And here Jesus is, is saying, lift them up, um, look at them. Um, Eyes closed, head first, can't lose. <laughs> what is it actually? It's like uh, yeah. it's like clear eyes or something, right? Clear, clear eyes, eyes. I mean, this is full heart, can't lose. Yeah, I mean, I think there's something there's something to that too. There's something about telling the truth. There's something about looking on the cross uh, and facing up to it. 
that I think is is also going on here in the middle of Lent, right? The 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 stumbling block that's going to show up this week that will always show up in in John is this believe and a part of my religious baggage that I can never I'll never be able to get over I don't think uh, is the concern that believing is some sort of work this thing that we do and for John very clearly it's to believe into to become a part of so first of all that disclaimer second of all the only way to believe in the gospel of John is to see that's why Jesus does the signs right the end of the gospel of John right Jesus did this sign these signs and many more in order that you may see and believe you got to see to believe that's the only way in John you got to see to believe. And maybe it's more accessible if with this ironic understanding of being lifted up. Perhaps we're looking for the sign of the, of the glorious thing, of Jesus ascending from the heavens. But maybe as we kind of think about Lent questions, questions that might shape our practice of, of faith and life during Lent, it's turning to look towards the low things uh, mm-hmm. because those are the things that God lifts up uh, and that... that that if we see those things, we might might believe, we might believe into. Do you want to add anything from Ephesians? You said you read uh, all the Yeah, stuff. we did, our leadership, our student leadership team does Bible study, um, and we did the book of Ephesians last semester, and I don't know how effective Bible study ever is, um, <laughs> but I do know one thing, they learned one Greek word, uh, and that is that in Ephesians, almost exclusively, uh, Paul uses the word peripateo, uh, that gets translated as life. Um, and so uh, so in this, we're in Ephesians 2, uh, 2 1, 1, it's 1 to 10, but starting that first verse, you were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived. What it literally says is you were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Um, para, pateo, means to walk around. Pateo, walk. Para, around, like perimeter. Uh, to walk around. And so the image that Ephesians use of life is to walk. It's a walk. Um, <laughs> to live is to walk. The, it's not the same word, unfortunately. Life here in this section we get from John is zoe. But you, you're given this gift of Ephesians, so I would I'd take some liberties because I think that's a bit more helpful because there's a problematic second, like uh, a problematic part to like verse 18. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already which can still read super harsh, but perhaps this is that walk life image from Ephesians can help us to understand what it means to believe into. Um, and it again gets filled with this rich irony uh, that Jesus is calling us to, uh, to a, a particular way of walking that involves having no legs like the snake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is a, that's, that's really interesting. We... So I always think of this, I don't know if it is or not, I just always think of it as this, um, if I think about how I would, if I was going to tweet uh, the Lutheran, <laughs> mm-hmm. the Lutheran emphasis, I'd, I always go to Ephesians, I always go to Ephesians 2 a yeah. by grace you have been saved through faith, this is not your own doing, this gift of God, but that continues a little bit, not the result of works that no one may boast, for we are what he has made us, mm. created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. And I think this text is really, sometimes, um, you know, there's a there is a tradition in Lutheranism to stop there, justification, to stop there, like, no, no, like, like God saved us, the end. And that's that's true. That is a true statement. But that you're stopping the sentence midway. Mm-hmm. That 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 being born again. Uh, that Nicodemus talks about that saved by grace um, through faith flows into this way of life. 
and that's essential. Like if it's not flowing into it, then there's there's something something's off. Something's there's a something's off, right? If this right. thing is working properly, if this plumbing is working properly, um, that flows into uh, a way of life. It flows into a certain kind of walk. Um, and I think if you're preaching on that, if you're preaching on what it means to be born again, what that looks like, I think to to, to think a little bit about what that kind of walk looks like, to be looking on the lowest of the low, to be, what, is, what does it look like to live a life um, that takes that seriously? So a suggestion, preacher, that neither of us can use in our context, that maybe works in yours, is uh, I think you could do something fun with uh, Money Python's Ministry of Funny Walks. Because <laughs> I think that's kind of what we're getting at here eventually, um, is that Jesus is calling us to this Ministry of Funny Walks. Um, uh, so if you got the right demographic for a Monty Python bit, um, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, you're you're welcome. If anyone does that, let us know. Yeah. Know well, and I uh, I'd also suggest you know if you're looking for a children's sermon, we always focus on those that Noah's Ark story because you got animals. I know my kids love stories about animals, animal sounds. Mm-hmm. So um. You know, feel free to gather the kids up there and then bring out your box of snakes uh, for an experiential godly play. This is godly play. You know, you got to experience, experience the story. So bring out some little, you know, it's a good, it's a good children's sermon. Animals. There's animals involved. Matt, we need interns, man. We need interns. Um, oh, because I want to create a thing we can put on the Facebook about like, like photoshopped like cover base for this session on snake handling godly play. Um, fun fact though, maybe you could. I mean, the right person could do it. I don't really typically trust people who keep snakes as pets. Uh, it's not a good character. Like, like it's, it's my a, service animal. The snakes are my service animal. Yeah. That's how I am saved from the poison. That said, so. last week I took uh, my daughter. We have a butterfly pavilion in town and took my daughter to it where she held a tarantula. And she was super into it. So maybe, I mean, I'd, I'm terrified of snakes and, <laughs> and uh, spiders. Hey, here's my story. You want to hear my story about snakes? Yes. Oh, it's a good story. I've preached it before and it preaches really well. So my great-grandfather... When he was a child, his family, uh, they were farmers in Georgia, and the bull weevil came through, ate up all the cotton, and they had to kind of flee. They became migrants, and they moved to western North Carolina, where they built the house that he grew up in and that I know is my great-grandfather's house on the side of a hill in, um, in western North Carolina. And that house uh, these days is surrounded by apple orchards. And so as a kid, they had this creek that ran through it, so we'd always play in the creek, and we'd go run around the apple orchards, and there was a big pond in the middle of the apple orchard. And I remember distinctly one day, we were always barefoot when we did this, because we had to fulfill stereotypes. Um, we had shoes, we just didn't wear them. I was around the pond, which was a pretty good distance from my great-grandfather's house, at least as I remember it as a kid. And I was walking around the pond, and I stepped on a snake. Uh, or I think it was. I don't know. I didn't stick around long enough to figure it out. Um, I looked down. Something slithered. I saw, like, a white underbelly under my foot. And I just started running. Uh, right? <laughs> And I ran all the way back to my great-grandfather's house. So maybe the connection here, right, is to lift up that that's, that's not the walk of life to which God is calling us. 
that the things that hide in the darkness that we step on and sometimes slither are the things that most of the time we run away from, but that that's not what Jesus uh, does, and that's not what Jesus is calling us to, uh, but a life of running towards the low. Well done. Can I steal that story and pretend it happened to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One time I stole uh, Mike Berbiglia's uh, sleepwalk with me thing with middle schoolers and passed it off as my own. And it slayed, man. It slayed. It was really good. Mm -hmm. I did a whole thing where I like I paired. uh, I think it was Jacob wrestling at the Jabak with that story and pretended like it all happened to me. And they were into it, man. Zach. Yes. I made it all the way through without making a snakes on a plane pud. <laughs> hey, quick game we're going to play, Matt. Don't use the internet. Uh, what year did snakes on a plane come out? 2006. You're right, Matt. You nailed it. It's because I was just looking for a song, and that was oh. when the soundtrack came out. Oh, man. <laughs> I saw it. Oh. I cheated. That feels about right. crazy. I mean, it's 12 I'm years ago. But... That, that didn't spawn, like, a whole bunch of sequels. Yeah. Like... Other. Like um like the, like the Sharknado phenomenon yeah. like I'm really kind of surprised I bet I wonder if it hit like ten years later and it was like a Netflix thing mm. that it would like yeah. that it would have koala bears was... on a plane yeah yep you got things to listen to this week man yeah it was tough uh, and I may add some things to the playlist later if I think of something better because it just seems like with such rich imagery there should be uh, some more songs but I did find. A song by Earth, Wind, and Fire mm. called Serpentine Fire. <laughs> that works. For the, fiery, for the fiery snakes. Yeah. Serpentine Fire. Ah, and you get a little Earth, Wind, and Fire uh, musicality there. So um, I'm going to throw that on there. And then uh, this uh, song uh, lyrically really doesn't have anything to do with anything, but it is by a band by the name, not, a, not even a band. They're like an artist. Uh, by the name of Snake Hips. Now, I don't know if you know anything about Snake Hips. Oh, I do not. They, they have uh, hips, though. I do know that snakes have hips. <laughs> snake Hips is an artist that was at Coachella a couple years ago. And fun fact, they're going to be at Coachella this year. Oh, so man. Check them out. I know who I'm. They, <laughs> they have a song called All My Friends, which I loved. As I was getting ready for Coachella, was this 2014 or something? I think, I think it was 20, maybe it was 2016. 2016? 2006? Yeah, 2016. And I I love this song, All My Friends. It was this beautiful little song, and it had uh, Chance the Rapper comes in like halfway through it. And it was just, I just, I I thought it was just a a wonderful track. I just thought it was great. And it was kind of like a pop, um, I don't know, like almost like a ballad, but with some, it was, it was good. It was just like, it had a certain kind of sound that I liked. Yeah. So I, so Kevin and I, Kevin Sunrise and I went to Coachella that year, and I said I want to check out this band Snake Hips because I really like this one song, <laughs> and so we went, and it was like, it was like hardcore EDM. Like they come <laughs> on, and it was just like just constant like like sonic assault, and I was like, this sounds nothing like that one <laughs> song that I liked, right? Like this was like yeah, the song that I liked was the exception. It was sounded nothing like anything else that they did. Um, so I'm going to recommend to you the song, All My Friends, but I don't like anything else by Snake Hips, but maybe we'll check them out this oh, year. Oh, we will. Like, hey, hey, they're good. I don't know. But uh, All My Friends, it's a good track. Uh, and it's by a band called Snake Hips, so it's going on our Snakes uh, on a Plane Sunday. Snakes on a Playlist. Um, <laughs> fun fact, I do know that snakes have vestigial hips because they used to have legs. 
but then lost them. So they have a hip bone. Is that true? It's true. What? All kinds of information you get on the Vinyl Preacher. <laughs> what are you Matt, listening Matt, uh, my good news, I'm going to lead my songs with my good news because they're so closely related. My good news is that Jesus gets low uh, this week. Uh, and so with Jesus getting low, uh, we need an anthem uh, to help us get low, which came out in 2004, I believe. It's not Big John. It's the Gospel of John with Little John. Uh, get low, featuring the Yin Yang Twins from the windows to the wall. Uh, Jesus is getting low. It's Little John. Get low. Uh, <laughs> excellent, excellent track. I was in college when it came out. I have very vivid memories of 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 that song. Uh, what? Uh, okay. I was tempted, Matt, for another song to put Flo Rida featuring T-Pain low on there. But at the last second, I've, I've switched it up, Matt. You mentioned that once again, the people of Israel are complaining in the desert, in the wilderness. Uh, yep. Here they go again. Here I go again. By a little band called Whitesnake. Um, <laughs> Here I go again on my own. But you're not alone, Whitesnake. Hey, fun fact, that album is called Saints and Sinners. Really? Yeah. That's a fun fact. White Snake. (laughs) Wow, White Snake. I want to say a whole thing about white supremacy, but I'm going to leave it up. I'll leave that. Are they, is there a reason their snake is white? Or is that just like a bino weird thing? Like, or are they racist? I don't, I mean, I'm sure they are, but on some Wikipedia, Wikipedia search. Yeah, or White Snake, if you're listening to the pod, who knows? Just let us know where you stand. Oh. Hey, White Snake is currently touring with Foreigner. Cool. Oh, that's, that's fun. I used to love Foreigner. <laughs> you're as cold as ice, but not today. <laughs> not today. You got fiery snakes. That's right. Man, this is kind of a short one for us, but I think it's a good one. We got a lot of meat in here. <laughs> Snake so meat. We, we have nonsense and meat. What more do you want, people? Not more than you want. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you uh, by the National Meteorological Society. <laughs> we bring scientists to you with stage names. You are you are welcome, listeners. You're welcome. You got a question this week? A question. I think my question is... Oh, I had it in the middle of the podcast. What was it? How are you going to get low? Um, oh, Matt, it's kind of a coolio kind of question, I think, which doesn't work. Matt, oh, people are sticking around for the 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 excursions here at the end. Discurse us. Um, have you seen the Netflix show Everything Sucks? Oh. Matt, you got to watch Everything Sucks. Because <laughs> here's the thing. It's the first show. It's a period piece. Set in 1996-97. It's the first show that I've ever seen in which the characters on the show are the same age as I, that I was in that time. Uh, if you're looking for nostalgia, it's nailed it. It's perfect. <laughs> the first like episode features music video like montage where they recreate the music videos of like Alanis Morissette. Smells like Teen Spirit. Uh, uh, what's the Spin Doctors one? Um, and he does the thing with the two flippy, princes, two two glass. He flips the glasses and stuff. It's really good. Um, and he says Coolio at one point. Uh, but uh, I think the question is, uh, how are you gonna basically working out? If you don't want to get up, you want to get down. 
how are you going to get down? <laughs> there are a lot of good songs here. Josh, <laughs> Josh Ritter has a good song called Get Down, where he says, if you want to see a miracle, watch me get down tonight. <laughs> you got to get up to get to get down. But really, just saying you got to get down yeah. to get up. You got to get down to get up. <laughs> wow. Good stuff. Good. Good. Up. Good. Up. Uh, godly play with serpents. Meteorology. The text fairly in depth. Koine Greek. White snake. Wool John. And an obscure band called Snake Hits. Good stuff. It's been uh, it's been real, man. It's been, it's been real. real.